foot paste and delay creates. Hey, Darren here. So I'm trying this new thing where I tell you really quick what you need to know about the episode right in the beginning. If you do anything, just listen to the next 45 seconds or so. Let's quickly go into the what, why, and how. So what are running form drills and plyometrics? They are workouts and exercises that can be used, one, as dynamic warm-ups, and two, as a standalone workout. Why are they important? They build running power, which obviously is strength and speed, and also economy, running economy, and running efficiency. So better form, which means you run faster with less energy. So how do you do them? There's five of them, running form drills, that I'll be showing you via videos, and then also some plyometric stuff that I'll go through later on. You can get those over the next few weeks. Those five are, it's an ankle over drill, knee over drill, A skips, butt skips, and high knees. The butt skips and high knees are actually a variation. So the question of all questions, Why don't most runners do them? And that's what I'll attempt to answer in this podcast. Take them away, hard sell movie guy. If you want to become an injury-free running monster, then you should listen to this episode of D-Lake Creates. Let's go. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Aaron So, a.k.a. D-Lake. Tips and tactics you can train like a pro. This cast to help you run faster than you could go. All the PRs you could beat, of course, records that comes in your upcoming season. Right. Don't you agree? Endurance sports, a metaphor for life. That's that metaphor, baby. Eating clean so you can rest and sleep all night. Don't master a lot, don't master a little, just stay in the middle. Don't master all, don't master none. Just be, just be a master of some. What is up? I'm Darren, your host of D-Lit Creates, running for Masters of Some. The internet's most exciting endurance sports podcast. Through self-improvement, we help serious endurance athletes master some of their health, some of their fitness, and even some of their life, because it's all the same. And in being your host, you can trust me because I'm a lifelong endurance athlete that's ran a sub-three-hour marathon, completed an Ironman triathlon in 10 hours, and currently trying to break 16 minutes in the 5K. So I'd say that I know a lot of things about some of the stuff that we talk about. Quick warning, we use some adult language and cuss a bit. Be mindful who is around when you listen. In this episode, I'll go through a more in-depth of the what, why, when, where, how, and even who of running form drills, running specific plyometrics, and strength training to help you become an injury-free monster. This is an episode full of a shit ton of information that has taken me like close to like 25 years to figure out. I've seen personal gains in strength, speed, gait, stride, and even with injury prevention. I'll be sampling various bits of information from YouTube and getting run experts and coaches to tell all angles of this story. Let's get into the show. Warm-up complete. All right, here's a quick story. So it's early on in my endurance training career, and I decided to run far and a lot without any strength training, right? I did all right until I decided to start training for my Ironman triathlon in 2016. So injury after injury, going to physios, which are physical therapists uh, in Australia, and they tell me, yo, hey, Darren, your lack of flexibility and strength in some of your small muscles and connective tissue might lead to injuries later on, especially as you get older. I ignored them all. Uh, Then I attempted... About six months later, the end of 2016, to run my own DIY, which we call virtual now, marathon with a couple of people. And I had one of the most painful and terrible experiences of my endurance career. Sharp pains, 
from a white uh, from a weak IT band issue, and it, it just was not fun. I was over it, and I decided to take my strength more seriously, my strength training, along with some body fat loss because I ended up gaining some weight, thinking that my fitness would just carry on by me eating whatever I wanted to. That's uh, that's for another episode. So a few specialists later, and more aches and pains and minor injuries, and I stumbled upon Ben Liddy. Uh, at Central Physio. He's a running physio slash physical therapist. uh, And he's also a very elite runner. He runs, uh, I think, a 14-minute 5K still, and he's almost 40. Uh, Shout-outs to Ben Liddy in Sydney. Um, He shows me a bunch of plyometric exercises and in my kind of rehab and prehab. And guess what? Most of my aches and pains are now gone. So let's fast forward to the present. And due to like literally a hundred other variables, my podiatrist, Trenton Sigrid over at Balmain Sports Center, they've also helped me and Kenny, my personal trainer. But yeah, let's focus on plyometrics and running form drills for this episode. Why? 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 All right. So why do we need to do form drills and plyometrics? Let's back it up a sec and get back to the basics. Most people don't have great running form. And if they do, they either worked on it or were born with a perfect gait. Let's focus on that first one, the people who worked on their gait, form, and stride. I'll flick it over to Coach Sage Kennedy of YouTube's VO2 Max Productions. He'll give a couple of tips on what you should be thinking about when it comes to proper running form. Don't worry too much about your foot strike being a forefoot strike or a heel strike. Rather focus on landing with your whole foot underneath your body on impact. Again, back to the legs like wheels analogy. You want to imagine that your feet are kind of rolling over the ground and that when your foot is coming down into contact with the ground, it's already parallel to the ground. You don't want it pointing upwards too much. What you want to avoid is an actual nasty heel strike where you're landing too far in in front of your center of mass. You want to make sure that foot is landing underneath your body or even almost imagine it landing behind your body as you move over the ground. Thanks, Sage. What? 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 So what are they exactly? Uh, Let's define the difference of the three. So there's form drills, there's plyometrics, and then there's strength training. Um, And they kind of all interweave, but let's, for the sake of this podcast, define the three. Here is Jason Fitzgerald of the YouTube channel Strength Running to talk more specifically on what form drills and plyometrics do. These are a type of neuromuscular exercise that enhance the communication between your brain and your legs so that when you get tired at the end of a long run, a race, or a challenging workout, you're better able to maintain proper running form. They also serve as a really great warm-up before a challenging workout or a race. Perfect definition, Jason. Then there's plyometrics and there's crossover. So some plyometrics are like running form drills. So you can do running form drills and plyometrics. Um, But plyometrics are basically jumping exercises. They're jumping type workout. Um, And then there's strength training. And that's more the traditional lifting weights, you know, heavy weights, you know, five to 10 reps, whatever you need to do. But through form drills and plyometrics, you can do strength training. So it is a form of strength training. So uh, yeah, that's kind of a, a weird area. You know, moving forward, you can do a mixture of form drills, plyometrics, and strength training, and they can all serve each other in different ways. So there's like a thousand different variations. Again, they can be used as warm-ups, as standalone strength sessions. And, you know, like, they're just like, boom, you do this. This is helping you strengthen this type of tendon or this ligament or whatever it is, or this this muscle group. 
then they also can be standalone workouts if you increase the resistance or, you know, you do more sets and you do more more reps um, and going uphill actually make them extremely difficult. So let's kind of back up the history of the word plyometrics. I, I was like, you know, I've been saying plyometrics. I've been doing plyometrics for actually since I was about 15 with basketball. A soccer coach came in and showed us how to do these, you know, they were specific for basketball. So now I'm doing running plyometrics. So there's also specific different plyometrics for different sports, for high jump, for um, gymnastics. The word plyometrics is also known as jump training or plyos, are exercises in which muscles exert maximum force in short intervals of time with the goal of increasing power. So with running, that's speed and strength. This training focuses on learning to move from a muscle extension to a contraction in a rapid explosive manner, such as in specialized repeated jumping. Plyometrics are primarily used by athletes, um, especially martial artists, like I was saying, sprinters, high jumpers, to improve performance. And, uh, you know, fitness, general fitness, they really don't. Yoga people aren't going to really do plyometrics. Um, they don't need to. But runners, as of the last, there's been some studies. And in 2006, there was a really big study with elite runners that showed big improvements in VO2 max, big improvements in, you know, short sprints and overall running economy and running form and efficiency and time to exhaust exhaustion. So that's where all this. So it's, it's new, new science and new information over the last 15 years. I'll flick it over to Heather Fell from Global Triathlon Network, and she'll help me define a bit more what plyometrics are and what they do. Plyometric exercises are loading your muscles with your body weight whilst they're lengthened and then expecting them to shorten as fast as possible. Well, repeatedly putting this forceful contraction on your muscles, it's going to result in them getting stronger. Thanks, Heather. Fun fact, the term plyometric is a combination of Greek roots that means to increase measurement, Plyo means more and a metric means length. So again, I did not know that until I decided to do these videos. And I was like, you know what? I should find out what the hell plyometric means. Why? 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 So the $50 million question, why most runners don't do them? I think, and I, you know, I'll, I'll say this is a, just a random sample from what I've seen. It's another fucking thing, right? It's just like, oh my God, you know, I'm, I got to sort out my shoes. You know, I'm a new runner or I'm even, you know, I know elite runners or sub elite runners that do this shit. You know, they run seven days a week and it's just like another thing. I got to go to the strength check. I got to go to my podiatrist. Got to make sure I got the right socks, the gear, 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 gear. Even running has a lot of gear. You got to stretch, you know, I got to do yoga. I got to make sure I'm eating right. Getting the supplements if you're into supplements, you know, another damn thing. I got to do form drills and plyometrics on top of my warmups. So totally get it. That's one thing. Number two, it's fucking hard. <laughs> Like they're not, they're not fun. I, I kind of like them, but they, they zap you, you know, you, the, the drills are anywhere from anywhere from five to 15 seconds, each, each kind of interval or set or again, interval, not set, but, uh, I need 30 seconds to recover 20, 30 seconds to recover. It's, it's weird. It's totally not natural. If you've been running distance, you're kind of, you know, your whole life, the last few years, 10 years, 20 years. The third thing is you just don't know how, you know, it's like, oh man, plyometrics, I just don't know how. It kind of goes back to another thing, but not knowing how. And the last one, I can help you and I'll explain how to do them. So yeah, with that last one, um, I can help you. You know, if you don't know how, this is the whole point. I've, I've actually done a video series on form drills. I will do one uh, in the near future on plyometrics. There's literally millions of variations, not millions, but there's probably hundreds. Uh, I've, I keep seeing different ones and different variations of them. So I'll let you know next 
on how to actually do them and why you should be doing them. So stay tuned. Ad break. This episode was brought to you by me, D-Lake Coaching. We show you as you get older how to perform better in health, fitness, wellness, endurance sports, and life. We're all getting older, so rather than being like most humans on the earth and declining, why not be better, stronger, smarter, faster, and more wise than the 10 years ago version of yourself? Our NLP trained coaching experience will help you live your best life through habits and intentional decision making. Go to delatecreates.com slash coach or email us talk at delatecreates.com, spelled the normal way, to book a free consultation call today. And back to the show. Why? 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 Why should you do them? A lot of current theories and thought frames are based around this one study that I talked about earlier with the 15 elite distance, run- distance runners. And from runningpodium.com, that study found that after nine weeks of plyometric training, runners showed a 4.1% improvement in running economy at five minutes, 20 second mile pace. That's a, for you metric people, because I'm metric now living here in Australia. That is about uh, 320, 315, 320 pace um, and a non-significant trend toward improvement at the six to seven mile pace. So six miles is about 350 minutes per kilometer and seven minute pace is about 415. My numbers could be off 340 to about 415, 420. Minute pace is what they're talking about. So the authors interpreted this as an indication that plyometric training is more beneficial at higher speeds since the impact forces are much higher. That's what we have via science. Now, real world applications are always different. That was a group of, you know, elite athletes. Um, How does this apply to amateurs? So they actually just studied before that with amateurs and that study showed crazy improvements. But with amateurs, the problem is, you know, noon runners, they always have a high learning curve. Um, Sorry, a a quick, they, they learn, they get fast very quickly. So elites are kind of better because they don't get faster and better as quickly. They're kind of at the the end of their range. And it's just like, you know, implementing small things. One theory is shorter ground contact time. YouTuber and pro runner Seth James Damore talks a bit about that. But what I am frankly almost even more interested in than power is cadence and turnover and how quickly can you move your feet through the through the foot strike on the ground uh, with less ground contact and lighter ground contact and you hear me talking about dancing on the trails up in the mountains it's like that nimbleness just that light on your feet feel that I think can really help uh, with your speed as well I couldn't have said it any better myself thanks sir one was from a run coach in Arizona. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. And um... All right, future Darren here with the power of Google. I now know the coach's name. It is Ben Rosario of the Northern Arizona Elite Run Club. He is a legend. Future Darren out. And um, it's basically why this is important from everyone that runs the 100-meter dash Usain Bolt to, you know, marathoners and uh, Kipchoge and even Ironman runners. You know, they're, they're doing it in seven, eight, nine hours. Um, and why... Plyometrics are good for them. One theory is you become a better athlete and better athletes move more efficiently and have better form and then get injured less. So that's that's one theory. It's like a holistic. You're basically improving 
all of your connective tissue, tendons, ligaments, all the small minor stuff, everything starts firing better. And then when you go to do your, you know, slow to medium runs, your tempo runs, your marathon runs, whatever it is, that your, your body's ready for the longer distance because you can handle that. The second theory is from, again, Ben Liddy, my, phys- my running physical therapist, shout out to Central Physio in Sydney. I'm, I'm misquoting him here, uh, kind of hacking it up. So Ben goes, look, plyos without running, so you just do plyometrics and you never run, you won't get fast because you have to run. But if you run without plyos, so it's the whole, you know, the people I'm talking to that need to do plyometrics, you'll get fast, but you'll get to a point where you might get injured as you increase your distance or your speed or both. You most likely will get injured because most people keep going and going and then they get injured. But if you run and you do plyos, kind of makes you unstoppable, you know, to a point. Obviously, you still need to do a proper strength routine. I'm not saying you should substitute not going to the gym. You got to do all of them. It's Again, it's a holistic approach to everything. Everything is in connection with everything. You need to be doing deep squats. You need to be doing um, proper deadlifts. Uh, you need to be doing lunges. You need to be doing core work, planks, all that type of stuff. I even do some upper body with uh, pull-ups and seated incline bench with dumbbells. But we're not talking about strength training. We're talking about plyometrics. When... But to get to plyometrics, again, you need to build strength. So actually, we are going back to plyometrics. Before the how, we need to know when to do these. Again, here's Seth James Damore on when he thinks you should start doing them. I do not believe in jumping right into plyometrics at the beginning of a training block, which my training block started in January. And so over the last month, you've seen me building up my ankle strength and my foot strength in my house, just in my living room, uh, before coming to this field out here uh, to begin the plyometric exercises. Because, listen... You can injure yourself with plyometrics and they will beat your legs up if you're not careful and if you're not used to them, uh, especially if you're doing them incorrectly. So have a base first if you're a beginner and that's a base. That means like make sure you run easy for like four to eight weeks. I'd say 12 weeks if you're really, really hardcore. Make sure you do these on easy days or you do them before your hard workouts. I like to do them before I do hills because then it really gets my body ready for the impact of the hills. And uh, it's, it's a lot of stress on, on the, the lower body, Achilles, plantar fasciitis, all that calves. So it kind of gets me ready for the hills and ends up being more stress. Make sure you are injury free. So even if you have a small nagging issue, the force of all of these plyometrics will hurt you. So these are not to be fucked with. Like you, if, you're, if your Achilles hurts, this will make it worse if you know, you are not making sure that you're in a good state or you're managing it. So don't try to do these and get better. It will make it worse. You need to be healthy and then this will make you stronger. For beginners, you need a solid eight to 12 weeks, like I was saying, of moderate running and a bit of strength training. I'd recommend body weights for the first uh, body body weight strength training. So air squats, push-ups, pull-ups for the first four weeks, and then you can incorporate some strength training. And then after about eight to 12 weeks, you can try to incorporate plyometrics. I'd say do them once every two weeks and about five minutes. So, you know, like don't, don't do them heavy and then slowly do more and more and more. There's so many variations that I'm going to try to give you, you know, a, a workout. I'll have one, a, an example workout on the blog post of this, on the website and in the show notes, but um, you can modify it in so many different ways. Intermediates, you know, people that have been running for two, three years, 
have you know completed a 10K, half marathon, a couple 5Ks. Um, they know their bodies pretty well. You can ease into them probably after four to six weeks of strength work if you've been you know off in the off season. If you've been training, you can you can jump into these. But again, I do one every two weeks uh, for the first few kind of sessions, and then you can do one one a week. Experts and experienced people. You can do these all year round. I do them all year round. Once a year, I take off four weeks. And by off, I mean like I just have no structure. Um, I'm still kind of training, but I would ease into plyometrics and do one every two weeks after that. But I basically do them all year round. I ramp them up pretty heavy. They get they get hot and heavy in my base season. So um, strength training is the same. And then when I go into my proper eight to 12 week build for the race season, I push these back a bit, but they're still in there. And I have them in my warmups even cooldowns kind of. And, you know, I might even do them as a little lunch workout sort of thing. But yeah, that's basically the win. So who should do them? Well, everyone should. But here's Coach Morgan Hawkins of the Run Experience YouTube channel telling us who should do them and why. For my long distance runners, this is great because we're going to be breaking that marathon shuffle and turning up the speed. For my shorter distance runners, this is also perfect because we are gonna be strengthening your speed, turning on those fast twitch muscle fibers with quick bursts of energy here in every single movement. Hmm. So how to do them? Make sure you have proper form and posture. You have to, you have to do these correctly. So slow down. You don't need to do crazy long jumps and really high jumps. Do the exact drills from my video first. Because they're the good start, so they're the good running. Running form is a good segue into plyometrics. I would highly recommend following what I'm doing. It goes from, you know, one through five, and it does get advanced quite quickly, especially the advanced variation of the butt kicks and the, the high knees because you're doing a dorsal flexion, which is having your foot up. But we'll talk about that. I talk about that in the video. And you can then advance and do variations of the drills later. So you can do them faster. You can do them harder, which is kind of like faster. You can jump higher. You can jump further. One leg hills, like find a steep hill and try to do these after you master them on flat. Woo! Uh, craziness. So um, backing up, one thing that I actually missed is sprints. So sprints are not a form of form drills and plyometrics, but they actually, I like to do sprints at the end of my form drills and plyometric sessions because it almost is like it gels it together and everything comes this nice place. It's like, oh, well, your body was learning the movements, that small movement here, and then you, you put it all together when you sprint. Uh, you know, I do about 90, 95%. I work my way from 10 seconds to 20 seconds over the course of about four to six weeks. So they'll start at 10 seconds and then I'll do 15 seconds, you know, a few weeks later. Then I'll do, um, and it's about six, six of them. But this is really, really good because that also improves strength. So that's another way of improving strength. Again, there's there's so many ways to kind of define it that it gets really messy. But yeah, that's basically how to do them. Where where to do them and where to find more drills. So now that you know basically the what, why, when, and how, um, we'll get to the where. I've got a bunch of videos on this and we'll be adding more over the next while. So stay tuned and keep checking in. Basically, you could you could do them indoors. Um, I wouldn't do them in an apartment. Maybe the static jumping, but even then, uh, your neighbors, if you're in an apartment, won't be happy. If you live in a house or you live on the first floor, you have a basement, that's perfect. I wouldn't do them on like wooden floors because they bounce. Uh, try to do them outside, but I know weather dependent. It's not great. Wind and, and cold. Doing these in the cold isn't great because you do a lot of standing, so you don't want to have cold muscles. 
So yeah, like I was saying, basement, garage is fine, but some of them require more space. So you do need to get more creative on where you're gonna do them. So maybe save the beginning stuff for inside and then the jumps you can do outside once you're like super warm. I'd also do it on a flat surface and try to either be on packed dirt or concrete or pavement or asphalt or the track. The track is perfect. I'd save the sprints for grass. This is up for debate, but I wouldn't do the plyometrics all in the grass because you kind of need that feedback from the hard ground. Maybe the track is okay to do some of these, but this is up, you know, personal personal interpretation. I'd probably start out on the grass and then work your way to doing the plyometrics on hard surface. So the best way to answer that one of our original questions earlier from this episode is why don't runners do this and why don't amateurs you know do it and stay with it and again the the best way is like i said it's just to be consistent so carve out one one session per week every other week and i would do it two months maybe three months out of your your race your your a race of the of the training block so 12 weeks out you know if if you're really new to it do it eight weeks out, and then every other week you can add in plyometrics. So for your first block, so then uh, you get through those twelve weeks, have a couple weeks rest, one or two weeks rest, whatever you do, then get back into it, um, and then try every every week. You know, start off every other week for a month, and then do every week, and then get through that training block. And this this stuff takes time. Then you know, um, get through that twelve or sixteen weeks. So we're we're already at eight months now. Then you can start incorporating in the off season. I do this a lot in my polarized training. I, I do a lot of really high intensity work. Um, that's one side, one end of the spectrum, and I do a lot of really easy running. So I stay away from tempo stuff. You know, even some VO2 max stuff I really don't touch. Maybe a little bit. Definitely not uh, race specific, but just really fast, really powerful type workouts. So I'm doing that in the off season. And then when I go into the actual season, I'm primed and ready and all my tendons and ligaments, they're strong. Um, and again, I've seen a lot of the small aches and pains and just random things. They've just been slowly going away along with a proper strength routine, proper strength program, lifting heavy weights, squats, deadlifts, lunges, um, all those types of things, planks, all that combined means that you become again, an injury free monster it's on the consistency start off slow that's my best advice to you and hit up my strava if you want to see what i'm doing i document everything that i do um so you could see what a, what a schedule is i'm probably on the extreme side but i know that pros run way more than me and they do way more than me so it's definitely doable by someone that's only training anywhere from eight to 12 hours a week which is less than two hours a day i know a lot of people out here that are hardcore run easily one to two hours a day. If you want to find out more, feel free to go to the uh, the show notes description, the episode description, and um, I'll have a bunch of links in there. You can see videos. I know it's a podcast. It's hard to see the videos. Um, and I'll have some explanation. I'll even have some videos of some other plyometric stuff and form drills that you can see so you can kind of figure out your own. And hit me up. You know, I'd love to hear from you. Love to see what you're doing out there. Love to see if it's helping you. Um, you know, if you don't like it, I would, I would love all the feedback. So, um, yep, we got Darren, myself. <laughs> we'll take you out with the outro. Peace. And as always, if you want to perform better as you age, don't master a lot, don't master a little, just stay in the middle. Don't master all, don't master none, just be a master of some. Add break. Is the health and fitness internet too much sometimes? Too many conflicting articles and videos that confuse you on how to train and eat right? 
or you don't have time to just read and watch everything about, I don't know, the new trends on carb cycling for trail running. Don't worry, we'll take care of all that for you. Sign up for our free email newsletter, Three Thing Thursday. We'll put three perfectly curated and created things in your inbox for better training. Go to delaycreates forward slash TTT. We do the hard time consuming work and scour the health and fitness internet's deepest and darkest corners. This is so that every Thursday, you have a piping hot new email with the latest and coolest tips, tricks, tools, tactics, and skills. All so that you can train and live consistently to do dope shit in your next endurance event. If you sign up now, you can receive my quick guide on how to get healthy, stay fit, and use data to create habits that last a lifetime. That's delatecreates.com slash TTT to be inspired and motivated on the regular. Time. Time is a resource no one can make more of, so we appreciate you taking precious time out of your day to listen this far. Our goal is to show the world how to live better through running, cycling, and triathlon. The episode and many others have a transcription. Go to the show notes description to find out more. This was produced in Sydney, Australia, and I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, who are the traditional custodians of this land. I pay my respects to the elders, past, present, and future. I recognize their continuing connection to the land, waters, and culture. These lands were stolen and sovereignty was never ceded. If you like this episode, again, we'd highly appreciate it if you go on whatever app you listen to and make sure to follow D-Lit Creates Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Acast, and a bunch of others. And if you're feeling real loose, a rating, review, or share of this episode to anyone you know that would be into something like this would be amazing. The more people that hear about us, the doper stuff we can do to then help other people. And if that virtuous cycle continues forever, we would always be grateful to you. If you have any questions, concerns, suggestions for the episode of hell, you want to be on the show, hit us up. The best way is to email talk at delaycreates.com. We're also on the socials, mainly Instagram at delaycreates, or you can hit us up wherever you can find us. Last, this episode of music were created and produced by Podpaste and myself. So if you like any of the music, you can add it to your device playlist by going to delaycreates.com forward slash music. Don't worry if you didn't get all that. There's a link in the show notes description. Thank you so much for listening. Peace.